All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to David Small, who is the founder of Passbox. David, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, man. Thank you very much for having me on today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I think if, 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 if this is correct, and you know, I might not be, but based on my memory, this is the first product in the kind of security type just realm that I've ever had on, on the podcast. So I'm really excited to dive in to what you're working on. Sweet. That's exciting to hear. Yeah. And kind of with that, for people that don't know what Passbox is, can you kind of dive into what you're working on? Absolutely. So I kind of bill Passbox as being somewhat of a uh, digital safety deposit box. And by that, um, I'm essentially building it out to sort of make it easy for you to be able to transfer control or access of your digital accounts and or data in the event that something happens to you. Um, It's a little bit of a morbid uh, scenario to think about, but one that I think is just increasingly important with, you know, all of our digital accounts and assets nowadays. Um, So that's kind of Passbox in a nutshell. So... What would be the type of types of things or category of things that I would put in there? Is it like, yeah, is it like data? Could it be physical things? Is, oh, yeah. What, what kind of stuff would I put into the box? Sure. So to start as of right now, how I kind of envision it or how I have people think about it is, you know, for instance, if something were to happen to, okay, I'll kind of go into the, the origin story. So a while ago, I bought my uh, first motorcycle and thankfully nothing happened to me or anything like that. But one day I was just in my living room um, by myself and just randomly had the thought like, wait a minute, if, if something happened to me on the bike, you know, I kind of would love for my mom, for instance, to have access to all of the photos I've taken of her family and stuff throughout the decades. Um, currently, I'm the one that manages that. So it'd be nice to have her be able to get into my Google photos and get access to that stuff. Um, additionally, I'm thinking, you know, it'd be nice for, let's say, my mom or my friends to have access to my Google contacts to be able to contact people as needed. Um, or if someone were, were to be able to get into my iPhone to just sort of, you know, get access to whatever it is I may have there. I kind of think of Passbox as giving you sort of that secure layer of being able to only transfer that access if you're no longer available. And it doesn't even have to be death. It could be some sort of, you know, medical situation of sorts, um, those, those sorts of things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the initial sort of thinking. Yeah. Well, this is really relevant and we'll, we'll go back, we'll go into that in a second, but you're talking like you're talking to a potential user here and and I'll, and I'll talk, I'll (laughs) tell you why in a second, but before that, um, I guess something I might have missed is let's say I, I become a user and you know God forbid I like I like pass away tomorrow like hypothetically mm-hmm. how I guess is does something trigger so then people finally get access or if I guess how does that, the access work, work while I'm alive versus <laughs> past Yeah, absolutely, man. So the version that I have out today right now, uh, how things work is you know if let's take you as an example. Let's say you sign up for Passbox today, create an account, um, and you just give us, you know, the credentials for certain accounts that you want for someone else to have access to. Well, let's actually, before we use me as an example, let me actually tell you the way, like the way that I would actually use Passbox and we can use Mm -hmm. it in like real life. Cause, um, 
it's actually really relevant. It's like something actually I, I need. So I, uh, I'm pretty public about this on Twitter, but I have a medical medical condition where um, every so often it's called it's called Klein-Levin syndrome. But every so often I'm I'm sleeping for prolonged periods of time and kind of like out. I'm just like I don't go to work. I, I don't do I don't do anything. I sleep and um, it, it's pretty gnarly. I don't necessarily want to go into the details of it. But there are times where my, my girlfriend or my mom or someone needs to get access to things and I don't give it to them because I'm kind of out. So this is actually um, pretty relevant uh, to like, like, I would use this. So like, in that, it, it, are you able to kind of answer the question with the knowledge of that I, I could actually be a customer? And I probably will be because this is like literally solves a huge ass pain point for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So considering your use case, I think it's a little, it sounds as if it's a little short term for how I'm thinking of things. Uh, because in the case that Passbox is addressing this sort of space, you know, we're thinking in the sense of someone being, am I, it, it's a sensitive topic to, to deal with because for instance, if I'm on an airplane for two hours, right? Um, or let's say an airplane for five, uh, eight hours going to Europe or something like that most people aren't going to want for someone to be able to take advantage of them being offline as they're going across, you know, the, the Atlantic or so uh, to then be able to gain access. So for the timelines that I have set up for people to gain access currently, it's set around the time of like one day, uh, five days or seven days or something like that, which I can that's the, the timeline. Future. What's yeah. that a timeline of like one day, five days, seven days after event happens, after death, after accident, et cetera. So for this current version, how it's set up is, you know, if you sign up for the app, you give us certain credentials that you want us to lock down uh, and then add, you know, your girlfriend to it. What would happen is your girlfriend would then be invited to the application. She knows that she has an account. She can log into her account and request access. So if you don't um, deny her request within the period that you set up for your account, then she's um, essentially invited to give the passcode that you would have given to her to unlock the data so that she can see what it is that you put in your pass box. And uh, is this, it probably, it sounds like the way that it's built may not be, and I'm actually really interested because this, this, this <laughs> truly, if it does what I, what I think in my head, it like solves like a massive problem. Like, is it something that can transfer states? Like not, not physical states, but what I mean is let's say I am out for like a month. And then, mm-hmm. you know, someone like my mom and my girlfriend and my dad, you know, someone needs access to my stuff. And then let's say I get better because I didn't die. I just, I'm just back from what I have mm-hmm. going on. Sure. Um, and then let's say like two years later, I, you know, something else happens. Is it able to transfer like, like back and forth, back and forth, or is it a one-time binary happening? No. So, you know, should, the short answer is yes, you can transfer states. Um, and you would be able to log into your account after someone's been given access and then revoke their access. Um, so essentially effectively resetting it. And if they want access again, they reset the, they request it and the, you know, grace period or wait period gets activated again, at least in this current first version. Yeah. And this is so interesting, honestly, just like, <laughs> so I'm curious, I know my, I know my use case, but I, I feel like you, I'd love to hear about your go-to-market. Like, how, who is your first, who's your persona, and how do you convince them to use this? I, I'm very intrigued um, yeah. kind of in that. So the first thing that I'll definitely say is I, that is all under development right now. Um, and one thing 
One thing I found sort of interesting is the scenario that I gave to you, in my case, you know, as a single individual, like no one has access to my laptop, iPhone, whatever, um, financial accounts or knowledge of all of my financial accounts. So for me, um, I think it's interesting because I could lay this out as like a simple app that I would configure for myself and my mother. Um, and on the flip side, she could do the very same thing for me. And that's, that's something that I think is, is somewhat unique and interesting about this. Um, and alternatively, something I've been thinking about is getting in, into contact with, you know, insurance providers, um, you know, estate lawyers, and seeing, sort of exploring what the opportunities are there, whether it be like some sort of like revenue share or white labeling or something along those lines. These are things that I'll sort of be investigating over the next couple of months um, because they are, are are already in the space dealing with the sort of like estate planning, end of life sort of businesses. Um, so yeah, things that I'll be checking out. Yeah, definitely. This might be a lot of field for you, but like, have you ever considered, yeah. like have, have you considered more of the, the non-death, but like just, just health related things, like specifically mental health, like have you considered the mental health persona of people that deal with things and sometimes need help, but sometimes don't? I haven't, and the and that sort of ties a little bit back to um, the condition you have that you mentioned, where sort of giving conditional access to things, you know, that's or temporary access, I should say, isn't something that I thought about before. But it's definitely worth exploring, like how I would go about doing that. Well, because the thing that here, I mean, like I won't make this like about me because it's about <laughs> your product. But the thing, this is like honestly pretty mind blowing because I had this problem. I've, I've had this this challenge with with my with my illness where I go into, in, 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 we call them episodes, but mm -hmm. no one knows that I'm in an episode. And it, it, it's, it takes like almost like five or six days, at least in the past, for people to realize I'm like, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm going through this thing. And uh, um, what I think is super fascinating about this is it, people only get access if there isn't a, a response saying don't access, which literally for someone in my use case, tells people when something's wrong and then gives access when things are, I mean, that's that's bloody brilliant, honestly. Like, <laughs> I mean, offline, we should totally talk about this because I just, I feel like you have a huge persona in the not death world, but in the world where sometimes, you know, you need some help, but not all the times. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like, even just as you're mentioning it, I'm thinking of sort of a scenario where maybe, uh, you know, there's a, a an iteration where there's sort of like a light API of sorts, where let's say this person gets access, but maybe not direct access. And there's certain things or, or features or functionality that they can execute on your behalf, so to speak. It's, it's interesting to think about for sure. So I have, I have some more questions, more about the product, but um, like, what are some of the things, and I actually asked this in my first question, but now that I under, I understand it under like a different light. Like what are the types of stuff I put in? Could it be like documents, passwords, files? Like, like what do I, what do I put in if I, yeah. if, you know, yeah. What I yeah. So, yeah. So the first, the first mean, the first way that I sort of think about it is, you know, one can sort of take stock of what their important digital accounts may be. So let's say for instance, that you have, you know, different recurring payments for things, you can sort of either list that out and or include those accounts so that, um, you know, your loved ones, your trusted users, whoever they may be, 
can know about them, number one, and be able to stop them. Other things can include literally access to your different hardware, you know, so like my iPhone, for instance, no one else can get into that. Um, you may, depending on, you know, your profile, you may include things like your, bio, your biographical data, you know, the sorts of things that one may be asked to like reset the accounts of other things that you may not have listed. Um, you may include documents. Uh, well, I don't support like file uploads just yet. It's like all plain text stuff, but you may include documents or like, uh, you know, whatever maybe secret notes or confidential notes that you may want for someone to have or instruction for someone to execute on on your behalf. Um, various things. I don't have necessarily like the different user profiles or user um, scenarios identified concretely, uh, but these are just sort of some of the loose things I'm thinking about in my head that someone can store with the service. And this is like, this is just truly <laughs> a different, it's just a different type of product. It's not, mm -hmm. I mean, you're right. It is kind of morbid, but the thing is, is that life sometimes doesn't go the way that you want it to. And sometimes stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And although it's hard to talk about, um, like the stuff is important. Like it, it just is. I think, I feel like your potential challenge is at least I think of my age group, my, like, you know, mm -hmm. people in their twenties, late twenties, I feel like someone would be like, I'm not like what that's like, I don't want to think about my, my, my death, you know, but on the yep. flip side, it's like, yeah, but I want to think about my, my health and my, and what if I lose my health, et cetera. That's like a unique use case. I'm curious, like how, how'd you even like, where did the inspiration for not, not necessarily, it's where the product come from and, and why did you decide to tackle it in, in this way? I feel like there's a billion ways you could build something along the, these lines. So why did you pick this iteration to start or did you just have to start somewhere? Yeah, so the, the last thing you said definitely motivates me a lot is from the perspective of starting somewhere um, and being a programmer by trade, uh, it sort of filled a desire of mine to just sort of flex my own creative muscle, right? It was something to work on. It was something to own. It was something to sort of practice and learn um, from, from start to finish, uh, especially by myself. And the original sort of like idea was just motivated by the fact that, you know, I'm a technologically inclined person and I have, you know, some digital things of worth that I'd like to be sort of managed or taken care of if something happened to me. Um, and in my particular case, the person, the main person that would get, uh, you know, some of the things that like legitimately matter would be, you know, my mother. And then, you know, my best friends, for instance, would get other things like my Facebook or my Twitter or my Instagram or something like that. Um, but it's not the case that I would want for my mother or those friends to get complete access right here, right now, if I were to set things up and then share with them, you know, through a traditional password manager. Um, so that's why for me, this is, I like the idea of having Passbox be like that intermediary where like, should you need it, here is a means for you to get it um, with it ideally being actually relevant at the time and informative to let you know, hey, these are the things that David wanted you to take care of in his absence. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, how much does it, how do you, how do you charge for it? Is it like per user that you, yeah, yeah, I guess, how do you charge? 
Yeah, so um, again, I'm still pretty early on. So currently there is a just completely free plan where you can add what I call credentials. Um, and as I mentioned before, right now I'm just storing plain text. So with that, you can store you know, three credentials and invite one user. Um, there's also a um, paid plan, which right now I think I have it priced at about $7.99 a month or something less if you pay annually. Um, and with that paid plan, you can have unlimited uh, unlimited credentials and unlimited uh, third-party users that you can invite and share those credentials with. Um, and then one thing to mention is that these credentials you can group uh, so that someone may get access to only a particular subset, and then someone else can get access to the rest or whatever it may be. So you may have, you know, a business partner getting certain accounts that you manage, while your mother, girlfriend you know, husband, whoever gets the other things, the utility accounts or I don't know, whatever, whatever it may be, the iPad, password and such. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, mm -hmm. at least in, in, in my persona, you could probably charge like 10 times that, literally. Because <laughs> the thing is, I think someone wouldn't pay, I feel like someone wouldn't pay $100. I mean, like maybe someone wouldn't pay a massive amount if it was just in case, if they like, didn't know, like it's a what if, mm -hmm. but, if they, if, I mean, it's just specifically my persona, but if you know that you, you deal with shit and you're going to deal with shit, you know, in the future, just like you've dealt with shit in the past, like literally like a tool, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I want to be a customer the moment after we get off this phone. Like I'm not even joking. Like a tool like this is insanely valuable to when you already know you need something like that, but nothing really exists. Like, <laughs> like I don't think you understand. Like there's like for, for a group of people, this is, a, this is, this is, it's legendary to be, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you, I mean, how do you think about how to, how to spend your time now? Like you, you say you're early, but you have mm -hmm. a product. So like, I guess, mm -hmm. where are you now? If you can describe it, you don't have to go into numbers and traction, but like, just if you had to like put a flag on where you are in the, in the process, where are you? And then how do you think about spending your time every day? Uh, what do you work on on the daily? Yeah. So, um, that's a very good question and very timely for me, actually. So, uh, I would say that I am... I am, I guess, late stage MVP in the sense that, you know, I've built something that's completely functional and it does what it says it's going to do. Uh, no questions there. However, uh, you know, I'm looking forward from here onwards to refine it, to make it not look like it was designed um, and built out by a programmer um, and also just make it more attractive to just the non-technical crowd, right? Um, and in terms of how I determine how to spend my time, um, what's kind of interesting is that I'm actually uh, in the last week of my full-time job. Um, so from moving on from this week, uh, I'll definitely have more time to sort of decide, you know, how I'm going to go about executing, uh, thinking about how to improve the design. Um, I also have a plan of rolling out a varied version of the, um, I guess, access model. Um, one that functions more like a dead man switch so that you, instead of inviting someone to your account, they would not know anything about you giving them access. And then you have this sort of ping that you respond to on some sort of frequency. Um, and if you miss a certain threshold, above a certain threshold of pings, if you miss it, then that person will be invited and, and be able to get access to your, your data that you've stored. Um, so this stuff is going to be completely greenfield for me in terms of being able to spend um, as much time as I want on this. 
Uh, and I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I'm also a solo founder. So I'm the only, only member of the team at the moment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see just, yeah, I'll be actually learning as I go in terms of how to spend my time in terms of building and then doing the research and figuring out potential partnerships and uh, figuring out my go-to-market especially. Um, but in general, I would just say, I'm, you know, I'm at late stage MVP and I've been fortunate to, uh, to have started the company around the same time that uh, Y Combinator's startup school had taken place and subsequently got a grant from them. So that's super encouraging. Um, so yeah. Uh, is the grant what allows you to go full-time? Is that, was that the trigger? What was the event that made you, made that possible? Yeah, so it's something I've been thinking about for a little while. Um, more so, not so much necessarily going full-time on, on Passbox, but just sort of, sort of taking time for myself. And um, to give like a light, history of my career uh, the company that i work for actually got acquired last year sometime actually about a year ago uh two yeah two about a year ago and um at the time you know i had spent about five years at that company so for me i'm just at a point of looking to do something new and this chain of events sort of lined up where you know uh just thinking about the fact that I've spent six years in one organization that's done super well, you know, it just seems like it's a good milestone or a good chapter to close to begin another one. Um, and I'm just, yeah, you know, the, the grant is definitely what helped push me over the edge, but it was something I was thinking about even prior to the grant in terms of just leaving the company to explore new options. And it's encouraging at this point just to think that, oh, hey, you know, here's a, a nod of confidence from the Y Combinator group. So I'm just thinking, okay, let me sort of explore this and see where I can take it. Um, so it's, you know, no, it's, it's not just the grant, but sort of where I am in life in general, I'd say. And if you don't mind sharing, what was the, I mean, if, if, if I get this correctly, I know startup school, a lot of people participate. It's like an online, you know, for people that don't know, well, actually, I'll let you explain. I mean, because you, you, you just did it. What, what is startup school? And yeah. does everyone get a grant? Like, I mean, how, like, how, just kind of explain sure. what that stuff is. Absolutely. So startup school is a Y Combinator um, provided online program, essentially intended to, it's completely free. Anyone can apply to get in and by apply, I literally mean just, you know, create an account and, and partake in the content. But it's essentially billed as a program to help build better startups. So every week um, there are new lessons that are, that are provided, just video courses uploaded for you to review, you know, so they may talk about, you know, how to launch versus how to think about ideas for your company versus um, how to price your product. You know, there are diff different course materials that, are released that you can review and then you get to participate in the forums about those topics or anything that you're facing as part of building your company. Um, it also includes a weekly check-in or a week, well, two things, a weekly check-in where you sort of give an update on the progress you've made with your company, as well as a weekly group video session where you speak to other founders in the course and sort of go through pitching your, your products, getting feedback, um, and just having discussions about the process itself. So it's about a 10 week long course, if I recall, and the grant that was offered for 2019 um, or grants 
right the the grant possibility or so the the idea behind it is that or the criteria for it is that you would meet um certain group uh group video session attendance levels to qualify for the grant in addition to needing to apply to y combinator's main program but you can't do both you can't apply to the main program and get selected and join that um, you would have to not be selected which is what happened with with passbox um, for them to then consider you i suppose among that pool to determine okay hey these this subset of folks from the program you know we as white combinator you know want to see them continue on their journey here's fifteen thousand dollars equity free for you to you know continue to commit to building your your product or even potentially pivoting to something else if you feel the need to do that um so that's kind of like the backstory there you mentioned before we started recording that you feel i mean one i mean y combinator is like the most legendary institution that ever walked the face of the earth that's all it's like my biased opinion obviously you know <laughs> it's only been around for 10 years but i i yc is my like all of my interest in startups stems from yc just like probably millions of other founders by the, by this point maybe tens of millions um, but the thing is with YC is that it seems like that community for the longest time was like largely based in the Bay Area. You got to like live in SF and, you know, it's like this, like this San Francisco kind of not bubble, but you got to be in the scene. You got to know someone to get in. But you, as you mentioned, I think you mentioned while we were recording, like you live in Miami, but you, 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 you don't live in San Francisco. You literally live across the country, but you, you are being recognized by YC. You get, they invested in you, not in the program, but like they gave you 15,000 bucks. That's mm -hmm. huge. How, mm -hmm. like, how do you feel about that? The fact that someone not in the scene can still kind of like get on the path and, and make it happen. Uh, in short, it's dope as hell. <laughs> um, no, honestly, man, I, I, you know, even the fact that I would say it's two things. One, the week before I had the white combinator interview, um, because I knew it was coming up, I was sort of motivated to quote unquote launch Passbox and ended up posting it to Hacker News where it like actually managed to stay on the front page, peaking at like number seven or six or something uh, for an entire day. So like that to me, it was just like cool in and of itself to think that, hey, you know, myself as a solo founder programmer started dabbling with a side project that I, I had an idea to build, you know, was able to garner that attention. And I'm not saying that everyone raved over it and loved it and everything, but it was, it was thought provoking and there was like really good discussion about it. So there's, that's one, that's one sort of tenet of, of this experience that's been super cool. The second thing is the fact that I was invited to interview. Like, again, as we're mentioning, I'm outside of the traditional sort of like, you know, Silicon Valley circles and whatnot. And that didn't matter in a sense like the product i guess was uh, or is intriguing in and of itself to to be worth consideration and for me the fact that like i'm doing this for the first time ever has been super encouraging um and i just continue to to think it's awesome and and for me you know i'm at a point where yes the fifteen thousand is absolutely fantastic but i i take greater sort of motivation and encouragement from the fact that it's coming from the institution of Y Combinator. Um, and it just sort of, it's, it's you know, as someone that's like hypercritical of himself, it, it makes me sort of relax a little bit and think like, you know what, you can do this, like, go ahead and try. 
um, and failure is okay if that is the case, but, you know, try, learn, do. Um, and that's sort of the path that I'm on at this point where I am able to and more than motivated, excited, happy to try and see where this takes me. You know, uh, even as, even just taking into account that I'm talking to you right now, this is my first ever podcast, you know, you've come across the product and just thought like, hey, this is pretty interesting. I'd like to de uh, dive into the story a little bit more. Um, it's just been a fantastic experience, a fantastic ride, and I'm happy to be part of it. So there's something that I notice a lot, because um, I interviewed, you know, I interviewed maybe like two or three founders a day. So I, I talked to a lot of founders, and there's founders that grew up in San Francisco and in the, in the, kind of in that area, there's founders that aren't, there's founders that are like kind of in the middle, you know, all sorts of founders. Mm -hmm. And I see this trend of, um, which I don't necessarily is a good thing, but founders that kind of, that go to Stanford or, or uh, grow up in the Bay are, one, they're still, they're, they're awesome, but two, they're like, they're, they're confident and they're so confident because mm -hmm. they're in the realm where it's all happening. So it's just like, they're just confident as hell. And it's great. It's like a great thing. And when I talk to founders that are, um, including like people in Phoenix, like where, where, where I'm at, um, when I talk to founders outside of San Francisco, the, co the confidence is 100% still there, but it's like a different kind. It kind of just like I'm doing like I'm doing my thing and the people like it and that's great, but you're not almost like playing the game. You're just building a product. Um, what, do you have any just thoughts on that? I don't necessarily know what like, question I'm trying to ask, but it's just like, you're, you're not trying to play a game. You're just building a product and people starting to like it. I guess, I guess here's my question. What would you say to people outside of the Bay that are building something that may not, they may feel like they don't have an in. What would you say as someone who's starting to get in, but you're still kind of on the outside geographically? Yeah, I think I would summarize my suggestion as being to just try. Um, and when I say just try, I mean in the sense of like, you know, continue to, to build your product, uh, continue to interact with online communities. So for me, you know, those communities sort of involve like the Hacker News and Indie Hackers crowd, right? Um, get your friends involved to test and give you feedback and, you know, just have idea brainstorming sessions um, and just leverage the fact that you have the internet at your disposal. Like that is what I credit you know, my, I don't want to say successes, but I want to say my, my progress um, with like, you know, startup school itself was absolutely free, was, you know, a time commitment. Um, I would say a pretty minimal one at that. And outside of that, I spent my time just building the product with having startup school being sort of, a, um, how do I say this? Sort of like a, accountability buddy per se because you have your weekly check-in so it encouraged me to go out and talk to 5 10 20 people to get their feedback and continue to build a product based on that um you know combined with my vision for it so i you know again this is just my limited experience but i feel as though the content of and content and quality of what you're building may speak louder in some cases than who you are and you know who you know to some extent um and just like leverage the internet like for me for instance i know that if i'm looking at a, you know comments or something on on hacker news or reddit or whatever it may be 
I'm not necessarily, I'm not like looking at who's saying what, I'm literally looking at what they're providing, what their perspective is, what their feedback is. Um, and, you know, for all I know, it could be a VC person, the founder of, you know, insert big name tech company here, or just someone like me that has a, a regular day job um, building a company and, and, or building a product at a company, you know, where you're not the executive in charge. Um, you know, in those cases, it's, it's really what it is you're putting out there that I think may lead more than, than who you are to some extent. So for me, it's, it's been encouraging to literally just try. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that, man. Honestly, I love your story <laughs> just because it's like, it's kind of, I feel like I align with it a lot with mine. Like I, I have, I think unlike you, you, you have broken in by just building a great product. And that is, that's, that's almost like the product is like pulling you in, in a good way. Whereas for me, because I'm not a, I'm not a technical founder. Um, and I haven't been able to like build a product. My kind of product to, in a way, like break in, like meet people is like this podcast. And I started this podcast a year ago. Cause like, I don't know anyone. And this was before Jason invested. So I really didn't know. I really knew no one. And it's just, I, I, I do wish, like, I think that there's a there's a value in playing in the big leagues. In my opinion, big leagues being mm -hmm. in San Francisco in the Bay, like, I think that's where I think that's a good place to be. And mm -hmm. I find a lot of people, especially you know, not even just Phoenix, everywhere, just want to kind of stay in their own ecosystem, which is totally chill. But the 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 venturing out to the big leagues, I think, is is quite quite interesting and it leads to mm -hmm. really interesting out outcomes and for you it's led to you know fifteen thousand dollars in grant money and who knows what the future in the store right you're just it's just the beginning you're just going full-time that's so exciting mm -hmm. yeah and one thing that i think about with that is is being able to blend the two right so for me you know i actually enjoy whenever i go out to san francisco because it is a different vibe you get more of that sort of you know, hyper tech environment where you're at lunch, and this may sound completely trivial and normal for, for some folks, but you know, you are sitting at lunch at some normal, you know, uh, Thai restaurant or something, and you're overhearing conversations beside you about who invested in what and who's got whatever equity and who left whatever company to go to something else. And that's like your everyday normal. That is not what I have in Miami, um, you know, for better and for worse. And I just definitely appreciate being able to sort of like live outside of that sort of network and circle and, you know, be involved or interacting with the less hypertech world. But being someone that is in it, I appreciate dabbling in that, that network and circle too. You know, something that people may not even realize uh, or think much of is just being able to walk around when you're in San Francisco and you're seeing just the ads for like a Zoom or whatever all over the place and like Amazon hiring or whoever company you respect hiring. And then you go to like a Miami or, you know, an Atlanta or something, I don't know, where you're not seeing those sorts of ads. Like the, the demographic or the, the people that they're targeting is completely different um, for better and for worse. So like, I just appreciate I actually personally just appreciate the blend of the two where, you know, yes, you have the folks that may be hyper engaged in having all of partaking in like the DoorDash, you know, Instacart sort of lifestyle. 
but then you're outside of that and may live in the suburbs where you're getting groceries on your own and you're going to a strip mall and this and that. So I, I, I value sort of like that balance on occasion. I'm actually going to San Francisco on Friday uh, for, uh, for the first time in, uh, I don't know, six months. Uh, and considering I lived there for three months in the beginning of last year, like, I'm pretty excited. Um, cause, but, but it's fun because during those three months, I mean, I feel like this story, this story is like decently well documented on the internet, like pretty much like my company just, I pretty much drove it into the ground unintentionally, which was unfortunate, but that's what happens when you join the big leagues, right? You, you, you're, you're playing with the best pitchers and the best competition. And sometimes the pressure, sometimes, you know, the pressure crushes you and it doesn't mean you can't get back up and join the big leagues tomorrow. That's like pretty much what happened to me, like unintentionally. Of course, I didn't mean for any of that to happen. But I tweeted today saying, I'm going back to San Francisco, same city, fresh eyes. Because I'm just like, I'm going to look at it from this new angle of opportunity. Like, I feel like so many people look at it, right? Versus just like suffering, which is what it was for a little while. (laughs) Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say, and that is sort of the eyes that I have not only about San Francisco, but just being in this era of technology where it's, I don't want to say particularly easy, but easier than it has been to create your own thing. You know, just even over the summer, again, this is like the first project that I've built out where, you know, I'm actually accepting payments and such. And I integrated with Stripe to be able to do that. And for me, I'm just thinking like, man, I did not need to have to figure out how payment processing works. You know, here is this tool that I can utilize to do that. You know, I'm using Google's material UI. So I, as a non-designer, can actually put out something that looks decent and is functional. You may say that it has no color. Okay, fine. But, you know, you can't tell me that you don't know how to work it. Like it's laid out okay. Um, and that is how, you know, in terms of like the same city, fresh ice thing, I kind of, given my experience, just, just have this mindset of like, there's so much opportunity out there. Here I am just willing to try to see like what I can leverage to, to sort of create value in this world, which is just sort of like how I'm looking at it overall, which is, which is pretty cool. And I'm just grateful that, you know, people have been interested, whether it be to help test the app, to help me prepare for the YC interview. Um, to even just respond to feedback uh, from a rando that emailed you after you signed up, even though we've never interacted in our entire life, you know? Um, By the way, also shout out and thank you to those who did that for me. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's been awesome. And I really look forward to seeing where the next month to six take me. Where, where do you see the next month to six months taking you? Um, If you had to guess, Mm-hmm. Let's kind of project into the future a bit, short term than long term. In six months, where do you think you'll be with the product and in life, and where will you be living? If you know, and then secondary, uh, what like actually, I'll start there. Then the next question will be way out in the future. But for now, like, what does it look like six months from now? Um, within those six months, I think one of the first things that I'll be tackling is investing in, in a logo. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like one of the first things I think. Um, and it sounds, it's silly, but it's, it's just something where I've just wanted to make this increasingly become more real of a company and product. Um, and that also will lead into sort of making it 
more approachable of, of a user, you know, experience and interface. So the product works. Now I can take some time to, to dress it up a lot more, um, whether it's like explainer videos or even just being able to better have someone like you or anyone else be able to, to personally identify like, hey, what kind of user bucket do I fall into? How would I use this app? Here are the sorts of things that would, um, you know, would entice you to, to purchase because you want to be able to give these, these, this access to these people in these scenarios. Um, additionally, I'm also just thinking about just the different sort of access models um, because with something like this, security is very, very um, top of mind and important. Um, what else am I thinking about with this? Yeah, just, you know, things like being able to onboard a lot better. I have no formal onboarding now. So it's sort of like creature comfort, so to speak. Uh, and then also exploring partnerships, man. Like I've been very fortunate to have um, someone who I contacted on Twitter who is sort of like in the estates, um, sort of like estate law space, Megan Yip. Uh, and she's been a very good sort of like unofficial advisor slash sounding board for me to sort of navigate and understand sort of how this digital estate planning world sort of works right now and why or why not previous companies have failed. Uh, so I'm sort of just taking it day by day and looking to build this as efficiently as I can, especially leveraging the fact that I'm a programmer myself, so I don't have to necessarily hire for that right away. Um, so yeah, just seeing where I can get partnerships and continue to build the product out. One potential partnership for you is the Klein Levin syndrome foundation. I swear there's a, I'm telling, we can talk about it offline, but there's massive ops in, in, in this, in this specific, uh, neurological illness, like big time. I am um, super looking forward to digging into that some more. <laughs> I'm very Yeah. Curious. Well, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's very, it's very rare. So like, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a giant, like a huge ass market for you, but the, every single person, literally, I bet you every person that has KLS, which is what, what I have, would put down mm -hmm. eight bucks for this. Every single person, because we're all looking for it. Like literally, like I wish, like I wish this, like you, I, like, you think I might, be, I might be joking. Like I'm like just excited for no reason. I'm literally going to give you my credit card number right after we hop off of this podcast and so will all of them. So we can talk about that later. But um, the, uh, the, the last question or one of the last questions I have for you is yeah. now if you have to go big and think, you know, let's say you, you get into YC, you raise a billion from yeah, like a hundred million from Sequoia, you know, not too much, mm -hmm. but like you just, you just, <laughs> not too much. <laughs> oh, well, I mean like with SoftBank, you know, it, it, I feel like some people are raising too much <laughs> and they just all die. So I just don't want you to die, you know? So like, let's say you raise like a good amount, like a hundred million yeah. from the best and you're just scaling the fuck out of it. What does it look mm -hmm. like in a decade? So for me in a decade, well, it probably would take less for this vision, but I sort of see this product maybe addressing sort of like automated workflows for this sort of scenario. Um, you know, in the case of like, all right, let's say that something happens to me. Okay, now, you know, my crypto accounts will execute whatever trade to some sort of third party. Now my email like certain people will be contacted um and like different notes are left for them now my twitter will post something now you know i don't know just different sorts of 
just transactions take place um, automagically, as, as we say nowadays. Um, that's sort of like one thing I'm thinking about. Uh, I definitely haven't given it much thought beyond that, but that's sort of like the initial, initial thinking that comes to mind. Um, I do see myself needing to likely transition this into being uh, some formal password manager of sorts, because that's one way of just guaranteeing like relevancy or currency of, of credentials. Um, and then also being some sort of like file store to be able to transfer documents to. Um, so yeah, those are the sorts of things that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about because ultimately what I've come across in sort of describing and talking to people about uh, the product is, yeah, it's something that they should do, but it's not something that someone's, that the average person is necessarily going to set and forget type deal. So I think it needs to sort of be integrated into their daily sort of workflow so that they're not thinking about it and it's just there and available. Uh, sort of in the same way that if you buy a car, you buy insurance for that car, um, you continue to pay for it, but it's not something that you think about on the daily. So that's, that's I, I, whatever it is to get sort of to that mindset or perspective is where I sort of see the company going and the product going. And to make that vision happen, you know, you're going to need some, you're going to need some help along the way. It sounds like you've already gotten some help, but you know, you got a long road ahead of you an exciting road and you know, any help you can get is ideal just like with any startup. And you got a bunch of people listening to this episode that know the question is coming, which is how can the forward thinker thinking founders community help you? You got all these listeners that, you know, they're probably jazzed on what you're building. So what's an ask that you have for us? Yeah, so I've, I've uh, done my research and knew this was coming and I had some time to think about it. And, you know, just being pretty self-aware, I would say my ask is knowing that I come from a technical background, I am currently, you know, a solo founder working at this. I'd love to hear from, from folks, you know, what are some of the blind spots that I may not know that I have, you know, looking at things from more of a technical and or product lens. Um, you know, so I definitely would love to hear thoughts on what, you know, my go-to-market strategy should look like. I'd love to hear thoughts on, you know, just how do people sort of address this today, if they address it at all. Um, and, you know, any possible ideas for pivots they think I should take. All right. Well, I think your product is brilliant. You know, congrats on the success. Congrats on, congrats on Startup School. And just keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, with this and uh, looking forward to hopefully becoming a user you and me both uh, thank you thank you again for, for having me on um, this has been an absolute pleasure and my first podcast ever so thanks for that <laughs>